Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized the slaves and beat one, killed another and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves more than the first and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them saying, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, this is the heir, come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, to Jesus, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and is amazing in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people that produce the fruit of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parable, they realised he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. A horrible story about power and violence. And, and a little bit like a poem, a parable has many possible ways of looking at it. And so whether God, whether the absent landlord is God or the Romans, whether the tenants are Jewish freedom fighters trying to liberate their land or whether the disgruntled religious leaders unable to be generous in the world, Either way, the story spirals into violence. One group against another. The Jews had been dispossessed by Rome and prior to that by Persia and Syria, Babylon and Egypt and so on and so on. The Jews dispossessed the Canaanites when they took in the promised land. It's a cycle of violence after violence. And when Jesus says to the religious leaders, what will the landowner do? After all this violence, more violence. He'll put those wretches to a miserable death. Violence becomes second nature. It's unclear whether these religious leaders were saying this is what should happen to restore some sort of right balance. Or are they saying this is just what will happen? This is just the way it is. Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. That's what's going to happen. And whether they are saying it just out of reaction because when you are beaten and you get the opportunity to beat, 
Do you take it? And does the cycle of violence keep going? But then there's this enormous shift in the text. Jesus says to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? Which, of course, is is a question that they could always answer. Yes, of course we've read the scriptures. That is our job, is to study them. So when Jesus quotes the scriptures to them, and the quote he he gives comes out of the Psalms, they well know the text he's using. Have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it's amazing in our eyes. Of course it's amazing. Something that was rejected becomes the centre. That doesn't make any sense. It's as if Jesus is trying to cut through the constant cycle of violence. You will attack me and beat me until I find an advantage and then I will attack you and beat you and hope that you never find an advantage to do it over and over. Have you never read, Jesus is saying, the very thing that is supposed to guide your whole life? Because if you had, why would you have given the answer that you gave? Why would you have wanted to perpetuate the cycle of violence over and over again? What is going on here? Have you never read? Or, as Jesus often says, have you listened but not heard? The world of power and violence and the continual cycle of violence is clearly, from Jesus' point of view, not the world of God. It was the Lord's doing. It was the Lord that brought into being something completely different, the rejected becoming the centre. Here's my rewrite of the psalm, the little portion of the psalm that Jesus quotes for today. The things that the media doesn't focus on, the things that are ignored by politicians and by their budgets, has become the infrastructure that makes human community. It is inspired and animated by the divine, by the oneness of God in the universe, by the energy of the universe that some of us call God, and that is constantly surprising to us all, all the time. The things that we don't focus on are the things that God is at work in. And that's why I wanted to show you this. You probably won't recognise this just by looking at the photo. Is it not up there? Oh, I see. It's. I'm having... There, how's that? You're happy now, Rick? <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know why it's acting up. Do you know where that is? Mari, come on, you've been everywhere. Now, how could you tell us? This is Skellig Michael. It's a tiny island on the edge of Europe. It's barely even an island. Skellig is, means crag of rock. It's 11 kilometres off the west coast of the, of the bottom end of Ireland. It's named after the Archangel Michael, as many monasteries were, and of course as the Coventry Cathedral, the original one was. Well, it wasn't the original, it was the 12th century, there were two before that. You know, the British like to build those things. There's a monastery on it. It's been there since either the 6th or the 8th century, no one's really sure. And they're the little huts 
you can see Ireland in the distance and uh, Little Skellig in between. It's 180 metres above the ocean. It's now a World Heritage Site and it's a place I've often thought it would be wonderful to visit and never have. It's very difficult to visit. Uh, only a small number of people are allowed on it each year to, to maintain it and you can only go in the summer and as many times as you attempt to get there, by the time you've done the 11 kilometres across, the weather's changed and you can't land. So as many people who try to go is a lot less than the people who actually get there to climb up the steep slopes and to go to this monastery. Why is it there? Why on a, You cannot get further away from Europe if you don't include Iceland. It's as far away as, as anywhere could be. An island itself is a fair bit away from the UK and, the U, and, and Britain and, and the rest of Britain and, and that's a fair bit away from the rest of Europe. It's about as far as you can be. And yet this is a place that some monks began to develop a monastery and a life there. And I think it goes to this story. And it's the first thing that came to mind as I was trying to think through what Jesus might have been trying to say was this place, which has always been in my mind, even though I've never had the opportunity to go there, because once you know about Skellig Michael, you can't sort of not know about it. It's just such an extraordinary place. It, there is just nothing like it. And if we have trouble landing there now, imagine the trouble they had in the 6th, 7th or 8th century. The reason they were there, of course, is because they took Jesus seriously. They were saying that there has to be another whole way of living life in the world that is against power and against uh, riches and, and against control. And, and in order to do that, we're going to reject it so completely that we live so opposite, that we live poor as a, over against the riches of of the kingdom. We live on the very edge rather than in the centre. We will do things totally differently. We will live such a completely different life that we will begin to experience amongst ourselves and across the world a new way of being human. Now did they do it perfectly? Of course not. Does the Uniting Church, does Clayton Wesley congregate? Of course we don't do it perfectly. But this is the, one of the models that we've been invited to look at. To imagine that we will live the, in the world differently. Where not one of us will be in charge over all the others. Where not one of us, simply because we're louder, richer, more powerful, will be able to control what is said and done. We will do it together. Jesus will call us into a world that is different, that is working against all of that power and all of that terrible cycle of violence that is there over and over again. And did it happen? Well, some, maybe, the early church, some of it was filled with people caring for each other and making sure that no one was in need according to the second chapter of the book of Acts. Some throughout the, the great, I've been reading recently about the great plagues of the 13th century, there are so many, um, and the number of Christians who uh, basically developed the hospital system in order to care for people with plague and many of whom caught it themselves while other people were abandoning, these people felt called to a different way of living in the world. 
We haven't done it well all the time, much of the time maybe, but always there's this model, this opportunity, this calling. And I think Skellig Michael is one of those par excellence. It's there in the middle of nowhere. It's gothic. It's glorious. It's frightening. It's calling us to something that breaks the cycle of violence. The things that we don't normally focus on become at the heart of things. Jesus spending time with children. They're not the heart of things. They've got no power, no influence. They don't really understand what's going on, kids. Whereas, of course, we adults, we, we completely understand what's going on. They don't us, But Jesus brings them into the centre and says, you ought to be like this. I don't know what that means, but I know it upsets my normal way of knowing how things are done. The better educated I am, the richer I am, the more powerful I am. Whatever it means, it doesn't mean that. Have you never read the scriptures? Have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. And it is amazing in our eyes.